Welcome to Kansas QB, a podcast about growing up in rural Kansas, hosted by two former high school quarterbacks. And now, here are your manly hosts, Steve Jewell and Tyler Martin. Yee-haw! Ride them, cowboy. Growing up in the cornfields of the Sunflower State, we were inseparable brothers from different mothers who also happened to be sisters. Our moms, not us. Decades later, he's in Iowa. I'm in Missouri, but we'll always have Kansas and we'll always be the QB. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the show. I'm Steve. He's Tyler. And today's episode is entitled Coaches Kids or Kids of Coaches. Hey, Steve. Hey, Tyler. Isn't it awesome to be able to coach your own kids in every sport and make sure that they're being taught exactly what you know to be correct? It is so awesome, Tyler. <laughs> I and I'm blessed. Like the kids in my class have dads over at St. Joe Christian that are 100% competent and moms to teach the kids. But yes, I am super thrilled that I'm the guy that's at the school and that I get to teach my kids, especially in the sports, basketball and football, that are the most important to me. <laughs> yeah, we, we said this that facetiously um, just because we had dads that coached us in everything growing up. And now we do jump in as much as we can. I, me, not as much as you, unfortunately. Uh, but it's one of those deals that... Um, even it's it's good to be in places where sports is important, and I know that even though I'm not coaching, and maybe everything isn't exactly how I would do it, we have great dads that uh, are present and giving it everything that they've got. And like I've said, if if I can't be the coach, I want somebody there that's going to be the coach and want to be there and do what they can. Yeah. What more can you ask out of dad? I mean. Maybe to know the three-play offense. That would be nice. My goodness. Broken news. As we like to say, if it ain't broken, it ain't news. Breaking news is for tryhards, and we no longer have the stamina for that kind of effort. So we take stories that have already been broken and share them with the folks at home who maybe have or maybe have not heard about them. Hey, Steve, have you heard about this? Coaching your own kid can create some interesting complications. Complications? I think you meant interesting awesomenesses. <laughs> well, from June of 2018 at activekids.com, there were some tips that were designed to help with that parent-coach dynamic. Now, this list is much longer than what I've kind of pared it down to. But I do think there are some things that we'd like to talk about, not only in regard to us coaching our kids, but also maybe our dad's coaching us. So let's get into this. Um, first tip we're going to talk about, discover the sports goals of your child, as in how will my presence as a coach impact what my child wants to do? So awareness of your kid and maybe being real with their expectations. Mm, okay, so these are tips, like what we should be doing as our kids yeah, as coaches? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then also maybe what our dads were with us. Okay, so discovering the sports goals of our child. Well, obviously, my son expects to be starting uh, wide receiver or running back, uh, possibly quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers sometime in like 2038, 2040, somewhere in there. So 
uh, how's my presence as a coach going to impact those dreams? I'm going to limit them. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah, and kind of same way. Like both of us, when we were a little, hey, yeah, we're going to be professional sports players. And our dads weren't super honest with us about that, um, knowing that, hey, we didn't marry the right gals to make professional sports a, a reality for them. But <laughs> Nor did their parents. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Wrong lineage. Uh, next tip, treat your child, this is good, treat your child equal to other players. So never be harder on your own child than you are on other players. What? Hmm. Where was this information before? No, we were taught you had to be harder on your kid. Yeah. I mean, I know if, if we're honest, we... We're not that much harder, but more like we expect more out of our kids. And I don't think that necessarily means that we're being harder on them. We're just, we are expecting more out of them because they're getting extra access to the coach and extra instruction. But that doesn't mean when they don't reach our expectations that we like, I don't know, make them feel miserable or anything. Yeah, that's, I, I completely agree. Like there's a difference between berating your kid more than other kids versus the expectations that you have as you're coaching them. And like, Hey, I know no, like they didn't do this drill last night, but we did this drill last night at our house, not at practice. We need to be a little bit better at this one. Yeah. Okay. Um, use your experience with other coaches. And this is one that I think that both of us should be okay with, but what made the coaches that we grew up with, namely our dads and other coaches that we had, because we both played for other good coaches, what made them special in your eye? What qualities or traits of those guys are you trying to use uh, to, to emulate them? Uh, there was two things that made me want to follow a coach and play for, hard for them and listen to them and respect them. One of them was the idea that they cared about me, right? So yeah. If I felt like you had my best interests at heart, then I was going to play hard for you, right? In addition for wanting to do it, you know, for myself. But it's going to be more of a team, more of a, you know, not as much a selfish thing. The other thing was I would play hard for a coach that I was scared of, right? If, 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 <laughs> if, even if I couldn't care less about you because you're a huge jerk to me, if I feel like you can harm me in some way, well, I'm going to play hard for you. And guess what? Our dads could do both. That's right. And, and, and moving, and after I played for other coaches, um, I think my, my head football coach in college was not only one of the most legendary coaches of all time, um, college football wise, he's in every Hall of Fame imaginable, but he was also not only a great coach, but just a great person. Like you knew that he cared for you. And then on the other end of it, the defensive coordinator that I played for, um, maybe they didn't share the same, um, I don't want to say values, but, they were different minded in a lot of things, but he cared for us equally, if not more. And we were more scared of him, but we also knew that he had a better relationship with us and he cared so much about us that like, yeah, what brick wall, how many brick walls I'm going to run through all of them for you. So, uh, okay. Here, here's another one. Um, uh, and maybe this one is more for us. Another tip. Times have changed. Remember that your sports dreams and ambitions are a product of your childhood. Your child is being raised in a di with by different people in a different time and different set of games than we were. Be sensitive to generation gap issues. How do we feel about that one? Well, anytime an article tells somebody like you or me to be sensitive, or I mean, just automatically, just kind of you know the the fur on the back of the neck comes up. And you're like, wait a and second. Clearly, we chose the wrong article. Yeah. Well, I you know I'm a man. You know, but. 
Having said that, there's a lot of truth there. And it really, it's one of the things that I think burned our dads out in addition mm-hmm. to just, you know, yeah. having done it for so long uh, was, you know, changes in culture and time. And they wouldn't have been as equipped to deal with those changes as you and I would be having kind of grown up with and being, you know, adjacent to the culture that the kids today are in. And so I, I can be probably more sensitive to some things than my dad would be able to, just like my son Jackson, you know, 20, 30 years from now will be able to do the same thing better than I could. And so, yeah, times have changed. You got to be sensitive to that. But at the same time, stop telling me to be sensitive. <laughs> yeah, I there's 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 keywords there that that obviously turn us off but but i do think that both of us having coached our kids and 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 even i don't say even more so me but being a coach like that's my job and dealing with the differences now the kids that are coming out of high school and youth leagues the kids that i'm recruiting the how how they've been brought up and the way that they respond to different uh, coaching aspects are, are way different than what what we were brought up with. I remember I remember one of the biggest things, and, and I knew I at the time I should have just said, okay, I'm going to be a coach. But I remember being very little and my dad talking to one of his assistant coaches uh, who was new to coaching. And this was, I mean, this was in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. And him saying, dealing with some different kids, hey, there's some kids that you're going to be able to kick in the butt and they're going to do everything that you want them to do. There's other kids that you got to kind of put on a lead rope and just pull them along. And it's not that it's right, wrong, or it's better to do it one or the other, but at the end of the day, you're trying to get the most out of every kid. So, uh, okay. I know where this is getting long, but the last two I'll, I'll, I'll kind of loop, uh, lump together. One, keep sports in perspective and two, keep it fun. Those two tips I think are, especially with youth sports, two of the biggest things that can is with what's going on right now that, that get overlooked, but need to be addressed. Yeah. And I see it because my kids are all in the youth sports thing right now. And I think we do a good job at my school at St. Joe Christian of trying to keep things in focus, but boy, I could, I could name some names and point to some people I think are getting it wrong. And who knows? They know better than I do. You know, look at outside looking in, who knows? But yes, super important. Something that's even more important now, probably than ever hard to keep sports in perspective, but got to do it. Yeah, and if you're if they're not having fun, that's when they stop playing. Do do what you want to do, have fun, and keep doing it. Yeah. Now that, that doesn't mean that if if I'm telling you that you need to do something right and you don't like it and you just want to talk to your friend, that's not the kind of fun we're talking about. See you later. You could go for a run. No, yeah. we're not. We're not talking about that. No, 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 no. There's still some repercussions, but I think that's the 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 thing that gets lost in a lot of things is hey hey these kids are mm-hmm. eight. They still need to be kids. And that that part is something that I think gets overlooked quite frequently. Oh, yeah. Something I have to remind myself of with my son's uh, fourth grade team, which it's a lot better now than it was two years ago. I can put a lot more on them now than I did then. Uh, but, yeah, when they were eight and uh, they weren't running the plays the right way, I had to remember to keep it fun. Keep it fun. The Things We Remember. We're getting older, and we've already forgotten more than we ever knew. But some memories still cling to our brain parts. Like, insert something here, Tyler, when you decide to be the one to create an episode. (laughs) Tyler and I have put together a list. This list includes memories from our time growing up in Kansas. In the Broken News segment, we learned that coaching your kids can create some interesting parent-child dynamic issues. What do we remember about our dad's 
being our coaches. Tyler, what do we remember? Well, I remember our dads being our coaches from when we started. And when I say when we started, um, I believe that like K-ball started maybe in first grade at Midway, but Mm -mm. Mm -mm. but we got, but no, but we got, we got to play when we were young. We got to play in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. I think it was first, I think it was first and second, third and fourth, fifth and sixth. Mm -hmm. And, and we got to play. You keep saying we, Tyler. Oh, that's right. I got some baggage here. I got some baggage here. (laughs) You got to play. (laughs) I ended up in Robinson, Kansas, which, you know, shout out to my boys from Robinson. Like, that was fun. Like, they were great to bring us in. Uh, You were allowed to play with with Kevin's class and with Darren and Brett and some of the guys that we've mentioned. I was not allowed on the team. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't as good as Tyler Martin. Whatever. I went to Robinson, and we were awesome. Except you, your team beat us by eighty, but but we were awesome. Well, I just they they coached us in everything, like from YMCA basketball to K ball, little league, minor league. Like they were our coaches for pretty much all of it, and we were on the same team, me and you, uh, outside of the year that you had to go play with the other team. But other than that, we were on the team all the time. And then it was kind of like every other year we got to play with Kevin. And then it was me and you. Then it was me and you and Kevin. Then it was me and you. I do remember that. Um, I also remember outside of organized sports, like the stuff at our houses, being sons of coaches. It wasn't just basketball or baseball, the organized sports. Like I remember, oh, I don't know, when I was seven, I wasn't even planning on being the quarterback. Like you were going to be the quarterback and then you left. So at the end of the day, I had to be the quarterback. But being dad teaching me, okay, here's how the fullback, halfback, quarterback trap system works and bringing Nancy out into the yard, making Becky be one of the backs. And I wasn't allowed to, I mean, he probably don't want to tell you this. I probably couldn't either have dessert or go inside until I fooled Nancy X amount of times on who had the ball with ball handling skills. Yeah. He, that's, he wasn't going to starve you. That was 100% appropriate. He needed to motivate you. And did it work? Uh, yeah. It, we wound up being pretty good at it later there on you in go. life. Yeah. That's there you go. True. The other thing I remember being the son of a coach was I had no choice. We didn't have multiple TVs, but watching game film all the time, like, why are you watching this play 19 times? But just understanding, oh, that was a bad step by the right guard. He took the wrong step. The linebacker was, didn't have his eyes in the right spot. And that's something that being the son of a coach, other people don't get to see that aspect. And I mean, we saw it five times on one play, and then you move on to the next play. And this is when we're eight older, like, hey, what were you doing here? Hey, why weren't your eyes here? That's something that now being a coach, I, I think it helps me um, relate to guys like, hey, here's, do you know how to watch film? Let me teach you how to watch film so you know what you're doing. Absolutely. A quick story to piggyback off that. I remember when I was a senior at St. Joseph Christian School, and I was had dad as a study hall teacher. And uh, dad was notorious for not having any problem telling people that they could be quiet. And so our study hall was getting kind of loud. He was up there watching game film. And he said, everybody, be quiet, in his authoritative voice, you know. And they looked at me and said, hey, Steve, come up here. Take a look at this. And I was kind of looking around like, okay. So I got up while everybody else had to be quiet in the uh, study hall. And we uh, broke down film for the next uh, 30 minutes. So like you said, you know, being able to break down film and, and knowing kind of, you know, what that's all about helped us as a player. But also, 
Yeah, that's kind of a perk of being the coach's kid is you, yeah. everyone else can sit down <laughs> and be quiet while you go look at game film. And I mean, there, there obviously is some nepotism, but we've talked about it before. Like they feel more comfortable with us because they know that we've put that much time in. I remember being one time in junior high or middle or late elementary, whatever, like after PE, um, we just played a game and somebody was mad. Like you're only good because your dad's the coach. And I'm like, yeah, that's, is that an insult? I don't know if that's an insult or not. Agree. You're right. Because, <laughs> because I've practiced a whole lot more than, than anybody else. Else, So I wouldn't change it for the world. And I hope that as we're coaching our kids, they understand what we're trying to one instill in them, but two, just kind of pass our love for the games on and know that at the same time, Hey, you don't have to, you don't have to be the home run King, but I do want you to know when someone's on first and there's only one out where the ball needs to go. You know, I expect you to know that. <laughs> Absolutely. So on here, Tyler, you have a section here because uh, you did this outline that you sent to me and it says uh, then what Steve remembers. And underneath that it says Steve remembers nothing because he is a poopy pants. And well, I that was wanna... where you were supposed to fill stuff in. Like I, I thought that you were okay. going to change that. Okay, but... so you didn't want me to say that. You want me to actually – okay, so no. I've got a couple stories yes. that okay. kind of yeah. along those same lines. So just to kind of give you, I don't know, a fuller picture of my dad and having him as my coach. And I know you probably need to – you want to move to us talking about our kids also. But regarding my dad, there was a story from when Kevin got to play YMCA ball, uh, basketball, bitty ball, uh, before I did because he was old enough and I wasn't. And so, you know, dad is famous, you know, football coach, you know, basketball coach at the time from, from Midway, you know, had sports inventor, had sold his, you know, sports equipment all over. And here he is sitting with uh, Kevin and I um, at the end of the bench on this little tiny Y team and whoever was coaching, some parent, I don't know. And Kevin was going to need to go into the game. He got a shirt. He was sitting there and he was going to go in the game. And, and, and dad said, all right, the coach is calling you, Kev, get in there. And Kevin wouldn't get off dad's lap. And, and he's like, Kevin, get in the game. Right. And I, and as the story goes, apparently I leaned over and said, Dad, just push him out there. You know, I'm like three. And, uh, and, 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 and so he didn't play. And, you know, a lot of dads, you know, might have been like, especially a dad that was a coach like our dads was, you know, were and had yeah. such success, yeah. might just, what are you doing? Get in there, stop being a wimp. But dad, you know, again, being the knowing when to put on the daddy hat and when to take off the coach hat, he was like, okay, well, next week maybe you'll feel more comfortable. Next week he ended up playing. And, you know, what was it, uh, 15 years later, uh, Kevin's senior year, here we were, you know, four points away from going down to the state tournament and would have if a certain somebody didn't have a sprained ankle and could have contributed a little bit more in that game probably. Um, but then, you know, so that's the one side of it. And then on the other side, I have these memories, and you might remember this too, in the 90s, here we are with our uh, with our water bottles, uh, you know, and standing there. And I'll never forget uh, poor Keith Piker, wherever Keith is now. Uh, I remember him as being this humongously tall defensive end. And, of course, in, in the 3-2 yeah. defense that they ran, his job was outside contain. And I will never forget the image and sound of my dad for an entire game. I think they are playing False City Sacred Heart, who was really good, yelling. And th- this is a good team. They had a good team at the time yelling over yeah. and Keith, Keith! like I can still see him just screaming at Keith Biker for giving up outside contain you know and I'm sure Keith did wonderful the rest of the year but in that one game he kept getting suckered in on whatever the play was and it kept going out around so the same dad you know it's the same coach that wouldn't push 
Kevin out there, you know, and force him to play and yell at him, make him feel bad for being scared. It's the same dad that then's, you know, yelling at Keith Biker, you know, not caring who hears because they kept getting outside him on this particular play. So, yeah, you know, we learned, I think, a lot from that. You know, there's there's two sides of it. There's the, you know, the the side where you connect with the player, you know, and or, or your kid and the side where you're also the guy in charge and you have to be a little bit scary. So, you know, our dads did both. Yeah. And they again, they were good, great dads, great coaches. But there's different hats that you have to wear when you're when you're dealing with it. It's, it's your job versus, hey, we're dealing with youth sports here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, as we get older and, and we're now coaching our kids, like what 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 are the things that you try to do as a dad coach that you learn from our dads or your dad versus um, maybe what you see other oh, the other coaches not doing? Well, I think uh- – Two things. As far as like what I saw my dad do, what do I try to replicate is there's no reason for anybody to be standing around in practice, right? And and exactly. sometimes you just can't oh, help number it. Number one, number one. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah. If you, sometimes you can't help it if you're the only coach and the kids aren't able to understand or comprehend or they're not old enough yet to be able to kind of do something over here in this group while I need to work some. Sometimes you have to you know, sometimes you can't get around it, but I don't like ever having a base practice planning. Yeah, I don't. We plan. Yeah. I write out yeah. my practices. Even if I'm the only coach, I'm writing out my practice. Yeah. I'm making a plan and it doesn't always go according to the plan. But yeah, no one needs to be standing around. Let's be efficient. Let's not waste our time. There's no point at which we should just be all standing around listening to the coach talk. Now, I will bring him in. I did it yesterday at our flag practice and said, listen, does this matter to you guys? Do you want to be good at this? Because if not, I got a lot of other things that I need to be doing. And if you're not all in on this, then I don't really need to be wasting my time. But I feel like you guys are in on it. Do you guys want to be good? Do you guys want to listen? Yeah, okay. All right, break. Get back out there and let's get back to it. That's one thing. But just sitting there and pontificating the same old sports cliches over and over again and wasting 40 minutes of practice, that's something I learned from my dad. We don't do that. The other thing I think on the other side that maybe I learned, you know, you talked before about that article that said, you know, change with the times. And I can't do some of the same things that dad did. You know, we can't get away with the same things that our dad did. So we've also had to learn that there's certain things that aren't going to motivate kids these days. And even if they do motivate kids these days, uh, we're going to be fired yeah, very quickly. Do that. yep. That's right. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. That's I've been able to coach um, Maddie's basketball team. Well, I, I should say my dad and I have coached Maddie's basketball team for, until now they're in. She's a little older, so they've kind of moved on from youth coaches, but uh, I, I have not coached cases team, but I'm happy. Steph has kind of stepped in the last couple of years and has helped coach cases teams. And it's one of those deals that even though you aren't the coach or you don't get to be the person that's calling the shots, you know what? Sometimes it's okay to have your kids hear things from other people. And in, if you're not the guy that's the one telling them what to, you better be okay with it. And I'm on the other side of the fence now, which I've never been and never had to have my dad be. And that that part's a little tough. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we still have a hoop at our house so we can yeah. fix anything. That- that, and that's what I always say. If, if I have, and I haven't had my kids, I've had great parents. I've never had any friction. And so this is not about them. But um, at the same time, it's like if you have a problem with what I'm teaching your kid or if what we're doing, if you want it done a, a different way, then I will listen to what you have to say. If you are putting the time in 
to instruct your child in the way that you want it done. As long as it's something that can be optional. I will listen to what you want to do if you are putting in that time. But if you're just coming in saying that I need to teach your kid to do something a certain way because that's how you think it needs to be done, well, sorry, <laughs> you've got no investment into this program. <laughs> and I have nothing really to say to you. Um, I'll be nice. And luckily, I haven't had to deal with that, uh, but I have had friends that have coached that have had to kind of deal with that a little bit. And, and hearing some stories from them, that's like, you know what? You're the coach. You're putting in the time. If anybody has a problem with what you're teaching or coaching, yeah, they could just, you know, see ya. But if my kid's being coached by another dad, then I'm going to give them that same respect, right? Uh, or another mom. Yeah. I'm going to, whatever they say, I'm going to support That's... that. Or if it's something I think technique-wise needs to be changed, trained or changed, I'm going to show them that technique that I want them to do and say, it's a lot like what your coach is saying and with this little tiny twist. So I'm still not going to try and like say, well, don't do what your coach is saying. I'm going to say, do what he's saying and then, and then, and then add this little piece to it. Yeah, I, th- I do think that that's one thing. Growing up, the sons of coaches coaching other people, as we're, we've seen that aspect of parents talking to our dads and them being having to play that political correctness game of, and I'm 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 over like I'm one I'm over it, but two I want to be respectful now as a dad, non coach that that that's that's something that hey you're investing in it. We were always brought up. I'm on the side of the teacher. I'm not right. on the side of the player. Yeah. So I'm going to give you this face. Well, hey, Steve, that does it for things we remember. As we approach second base on the field of life, we're just thrilled that we remembered something. We are. And wow, you handle that well. Uh, Tyler, I'm glad you brought this up because we have been talking about our dads as coaches already before, but I think this filled it out a little bit, kind of filled in that little niche that we yeah. hadn't covered. And guess what? Kind of, kind of where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we will come back to this again. Sorry. It's a big part of who we are, you know, but uh, yeah, that, this is fun. <laughs> it's this is what fun. I do. It's what I do. <laughs> Candace QB is a production of the Jewel Media Podcasting Network. Now one of two. Before we go, we want to thank Tracy of Tracy Lindley Voiceovers for the way to professional audio. And of course, I would like to thank Steve for clearing time in his busy schedule to talk about being a coach's kid or the kids of coaches. Mm, couldn't have had more fun if I was, I don't know, riding a unicorn through a ice cream store. <laughs> well, that's enough of that. For Steve, I'm Tyler, and this will probably be our last show. So, so long.